Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. <laughs> okay, I'm Ash. And today we're talking about <laughs> communication. <laughs> we're talking about speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And I'm not so sure I liked what you did there, babe. That's... <laughs> I appreciate you being truthful and loving in how you communicated that. So yeah, today we took some time to unpack. Um, What did we unpack? We talked a little bit about collectivism versus individualism because Mm. you always love to point out how fundamentally flawed my thinking is. No, I just like (laughs) to point out, I'd like to bring out the we in me. Oh, I see what you did there. Like a, I like to urinate. <laughs> okay. The the collective the, we. The she we. The individual <laughs> me. Anyways, so yeah, we're continuing on on our relationship series, and this, like I said during the episode, is not just limited to husband and wife, but it's a principle that applies to any and every relationship that you're in so we're excited for you to to give it a listen and we sincerely hope from the bottom of my heart to the top of our heads (laughs) that you enjoy this episode (laughs) 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 all right let's talk about this this is gonna be a good one babe all right, can you... Um, cue it up. You want to tee it up? Here's the cue. Also, I sound like an underwater scuba diver. <laughs> Babe, Here, hold on. A scuba diver is underwater? <laughs> yes. I know. I just like saying redundant phrases <laughs> that make your skin crawl. This is my one-year anniversary <laughs> of an underwater scuba diver. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so today we're talking about communication in relationships continuing our series topic number two and we're going to take a deep dive specifically into speaking the truth in love okay i think it's going to be a hot take yeah well also because this mainly is because we're on opposite sides of the exactly. table <laughs> that's why it's a hot take so because we've been quarreling <laughs> oh yeah but I think in throughout this series, we're going to talk about a lot of big topic things that we've heard a lot about. So yeah. for example, communication last week, connection, you know, but we want to take a deep dive into one specific area within that big, you know, bigger or broader topic. And I think it doesn't only apply to people who are married. Yes, I think absolutely. Friendships, whatever stage of life, work in, relationships, work yep. relationships, the principle that we want to communicate and the principle is this that love without truth is deceiving and truth without love is cruel is a principle that you can apply to any relationship Mm -hmm. but we've just seen it we have countless of examples to pull from in our own relationship Mm -hmm. because in part we are so different in how we approach this this communication challenge Ooh. And so I think uh, you had in here, you wanted to talk about uh, really one of the movies that started this whole thing. No, it didn't start this whole thing. It didn't start this whole thing, but it opened a can of worms. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because of the different places and cultures that we grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about the movie? Sure. Let me start by saying, I don't know if I can recommend this movie because I don't remember it. (laughs) All right. Proceed with caution if you want. So we watched it and I, yeah, I just remember the main gist of what we're going to talk about. So I can't recommend this to you or not. Take it with a grain of salt. All right. But the movie is called The Farewell. It's a 2019 film. And in this film, it's it really centers on a Chinese family where mm-hmm. the granddaughter, I believe, was in America. I don't know if that's... I think maybe she and her family had moved to the West. Yeah. And, and she... I don't know if her parents were still there or if it was just her. But anyway, she was in America she ended up finding out that her grandmother mm-hmm. was diagnosed with, with some terminal disease, terminal cancer. I think it was. Yeah. And the entire family planned this get together as like a one last kind of farewell to grandma. They got, I think they called her night night, but they didn't, they would not tell her and they were so intent on keeping the secret from the grandmother that they like fabricated medical documents. They like kept this very much a secret that she had terminal cancer and the granddaughter was floored. She was very upset and she wanted to share with the grandmother, Mm -hmm. like to be honest and truthful, Hey, this is what you have. And like, these are the options and the entire family was adamantly against it and convinced her to keep this a secret. And so one of the things I thought was interesting was in the movie, her uncle and Billy is the main character are talking and Billy had kind of expressed her frustrations with like, why is everybody lying about this? And her uncle said basically something to the gist of the thought in the East is that one's life doesn't belong to oneself. It belongs to a whole. And he accuses Billy of wanting to tell the truth because she's afraid to take responsibility for her grandmother and doesn't want to feel guilty. And he kind of relates that it's the family's responsibility to shoulder the emotional burden instead of the grandmother having to do that. And so this just unlocked a big thing for you and I, because we obviously grew up in different cultures. Right. And had different takes on it. Yeah. I think the stark difference in that movie from like where she wants to actually be honest about her grandmother's health to her. Meanwhile, like her family around her is modeling a conflicting behavior. Right. And I think for me, I like really understand that because with, I think in the culture and the context I grew up in, Mm -hmm. there's very little emphasis on individualism and maybe even in some like, it's very family centric. Let me just start with that. Yeah. It's very family centric it's very normal for you to stay close to your family relationally, but also like literally physically Mm -hmm. in like proximity wise, right? living close to each other and 
in some instances, you kind of have to pull resources together, particularly in, you know, certain cultures where this is prevalent, there's poverty. Mm -hmm. And so you have to pull resources together in order to even survive. Yeah. And so with that backdrop, it makes a lot of sense for you to want to set aside your, like, say, for example, unrelated to the movie, like you're really talented as a musician or yeah. you're really talented yeah. as a painter. You, you like that stuff doesn't put food to the table. Right. In and the, to set yourself sense. apart as an individual in a society yeah. that is stricken with poverty right. is actually very detrimental to you yeah, as you a person. You literally You're, don't survive. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, I've resonated with the not wanting to add additional emotional toll to grandma because of what she was already, you know, it's like it's already a difficult thing for her to have to go through. So why add the emotional toll in having her know that this is what she feels, uh, that what she feels is actually because of a terminal disease. Now, here's the caveat. Even in the movie, some of those things, some of those cultural identities mm-hmm. were maybe birthed in a time when that was a necessity. But what's the main character's name? Billy. Uh-huh. Like she grew up in the States and so she had a lot more individualistic worldviews around her. Mm-hmm. It's, it was very odd for her to see them withhold the truth from their grandmother. So I kind of like see both sides of the story where I would have a tendency to also just, you know, really wrestle as to whether or not, or even if there is an answer to whether or not one is better than the other. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is like, how does one speak truth in love then? And was it actually the loving thing to do to withhold the truth in that situation? Or, and who is the litmus test for that? Is if Graham, if grandma feels better when she's, because she's not being told that she has a terminal disease, is that actually better? Like, because you have to measure some of this by like, what makes it actually like, what makes this a good or bad situation? Exactly. Right? And that's tough when there is a collectivist mindset in a co- that, that throws this in that, that is being thrown in the mix. Right. Where the good of the whole is better than the desire of an individual. Right. Or the honesty of the situation. Right. In in that sense. So Yeah. So this is it's hard. Like you're getting it's, fired up, babe. I'm not getting fired up yet. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> but I don't know. I just have let's talk through this because I have several concerns. Yeah. With you know, just that that premise. Let's kind of move away from the movie and not that anyone will watch it. I don't want to completely spoil it for right. them. But and and to like in that situation in a situation, somebody is diagnosed with terminal cancer mm-hmm. and and going to like given a time frame for when they will yeah. die yeah is it loving or unloving to communicate that information to them or to withhold that information from, from them. them and so when i think mm-hmm. some of my thoughts and of course i'm i know the mindset that i'm bringing it's mm-hmm. individualistic mm-hmm. You know, american mindset mm-hmm. i get this but 
I, I guess the first concern that I have is, is grandma not going to recognize that something's going on? Like she's deteriorating pretty rapidly. And as she's, that situation is not fun to go through no matter who you are. I don't care who you are. And as her body starts to decline and she's getting sick, is it not wrong or maybe unloving to provide her with options that could potentially help her weather that better physically? If she wanted to pursue that and if she doesn't, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's say she wants to just forego all care and just spend that time with her family and, mm-hmm. you know, live out the rest of her days. Mm-hmm. Is it not playing the role of God to decide that for another human being? Well, see, so you could make the argument. So I'm going to take the other side on this. And we kind yeah. of talked about this yeah. off air, but that, uh, so withholding the truth to grandma. Yeah. I know we were walking away from the movie, Sure. but withholding the truth from, from that situation in order to ease the the burden no matter how big or small like but it, are, are we specifically talking about an emotional burden yes Is that what okay for to ease the emotional burden of having to face the reality that i'm going to die but is she not already in a position where she is going to die? Like she's well, okay, aging let's, anyway. Let's not try to gauge what the burden actually is. Okay. As much as is there's an emotional toll. Right. That is that you take from bearing the weight of the reality of the Think, truth. Sure. Right. Whether or not that weighs a 10 pounds or a thousand pounds, there's some weight there. Sure. So that's on the emotional side. And that's, that's what's in question. Meanwhile, we have other types of burdens and tolls in other realities. Like, like I said, with, uh, when you feel pain. Yeah. If, if we apply the same principle to, we should, let's take the extreme. We should always be bluntly true. And again, I'm not saying I disagree with this. Yeah. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't have told grandma that she's dealing with this. But if you're always taking the position that you always just are, you, you always should subject yourself to the baggage or the, the toll from an emotional standpoint that the truth takes, then shouldn't we do the same thing with things like, let's use an innocuous example, ibuprofen, right? Ibuprofen eases the m- physical toll that let's just say a headache causes on your body mm-hmm. and i'm not a medical professional i don't exactly know what ibuprofen does <laughs> i know that people take it when they have headaches and it helps them with their headaches if ibuprofen alleviates the physical toll that a headache causes mm-hmm. and withholding the truth alleviates the emotional toll that the terminal disease causes there's got to be some it's got to be some sort of sliding scale here where right. you can't just say well in this instance it always needs to be this right, right. i'm taking a position in defense of sure although i'm not necessarily saying i agree with it no i know but well, i also know that culturally I, I tend that way yeah right where we just bear the burden without actually right. confronting the truth my question though is what additional emotional risk are you taking because that's what's not being considered in that situation. Right. In case because, you were found out. Well, not even that. 
let's say I'm, let's say it's me. Okay. Yeah. And I'm di- you know, I get diagnosed with terminal cancer and you and Graham. The, the rest of our family decides to not tell me about that, but shield that from me. Yeah. I obviously like <laughs> when I die, like I'm not going to, you know, bear the emotional weight of whatever. However, to me today would be so feel so robbed of the opportunity to set like to have final memories in Mm -hmm. place to be able to like just leave for my children or even in my final days I could write them letters for significant moments in their life you know it's I could take the time to think through how do I want to close this chapter of life out and I would feel robbed of that yeah and at the end of the day like it's it's again I'm going to say a very individualistic thing it's my life yeah but how would I want to finish this chapter? You know, yep. a person you're risking all of that and where it's just, you know, if there are relational conflicts in the family, if there are tensions with people or, you know, in that situation, I can't remember in the movie specifically, but let's say grandma had, a, you know, all these relational tensions with people and they mm-hmm. weren't talking or something, but she could have in the light of the gravity that that truth bears causes you to sometimes reconsider things that weren't as important you know what i mean and make different decisions and so there's a question of we think that the emotional gravity of under like accepting the truth of the diagnosis is the only emotional gravity that's at play but there are other losses there are other you know what i mean like there are other things that are not being considered in that decision yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> As I'm listening to you, I'm like, man, I say that I am more of the collectivist mindset. You're like, really not. <laughs> exactly. And so it's just like. You just like to argue with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like to take because, again, I've seen it and yeah. I think it's very. You know, during while we were watching the movie, which I don't even remember when we watched it, it was years ago. Yeah. But when we were watching the movie, I could resonate. Yeah, I could yeah. resonate yeah. with the characters in the story because they didn't want to, again, further burden, further burden yeah. grandma with the reality that she was going to die. And I'm, as I'm thinking about it, at the end of the day, you're not actually make creating a solution, right? You're like isolating it, that person. Well, not only that. It's not a solution. All all of this decision making, it's just trade-offs. Exactly. You're trading off the ease of grandma not having to deal with this for the ability for her to have these final moments that she's cognitive of. Right. And so on the flip side, right, like the argument the counter argument is that well g- grandma can live blissfully in her final days without having to you know, feel the weight of the disease that she, that is eating her away. I just disagree with that because I think if you're going through cancer, number one, you know you're going through cancer well, and sure. you're going to have those thoughts anyway. And if nobody is talking about it, 
that yeah. doesn't just magically make them disappear or alleviate them. It leaves grandma to have to process through those things herself instead of as a family coming alongside her, working through those things together, right. shouldering the hardship together. I will adamantly defend no, I'm, I know. Now I'm getting fired up, but yeah. it's just like, man, I'm just sitting there thinking like, man, if it were you love, like to me, it would feel so unloving to be like, okay. oh, but here's the thing. I agree with that because that's a more extreme case, right? Like there's, there's death involved, right? But how about something that's a little bit more subtle where, um, there's a confrontation. Yeah. Right. Somebody confronts someone. Yeah. It's within the context of the family. It wasn't handled correctly. Yeah. Well, we don't want to burden this individual more. And so let's just like not tell them about how, I don't know if this is a great example, but something that's not as intense yeah. in consequences yeah. for making these decisions of omission or commission right. is something that I think we always decide yeah. where at the end of the day, whether or not you think collectively or individualistically and whether or not you take the more, you know, love over truth or the truth over love prioritization yeah. in how you relate to others. There's, it's just a trade-off by choosing not to or to say something. Yeah. And I think there's a tendency for collectivist cultures to take the less confrontational approach. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But here's what I would say. In any situation, we're obviously talking about a very extreme one, but I do think we should move more into like the everyday ones that yeah. are just hard to navigate through. Does it not remove the ability for healing or the potential for healing and redemption if you cannot acknowledge brokenness and suffering again it depends right because if the if if the brokenness like i don't know i'm, I'm not sure if it's that's just a question i would have yeah. of like this underlying kind of moving deeper now through the weeds you know because we're talking about emotional bandwidth and yeah. can somebody shoulder something emotionally right. right and we would say that some cultures or maybe the eastern culture mindset would say strength of emotional bandwidth is in your ability to not express emotions yeah. right whereas you would argue that's a weakness i would argue it's actually stunting your ability to yeah. weather the feelings that you're already going to experience anyway in life. Right. When somebody dies, you're not just, you're going to have an initial feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And you can shove it down and numb it or, you know, self-medicate or whatever we're going to do. But in some way, shape or form, you're going to deal with that feeling, right? Or not. And in doing so, it's going to produce a result. I think that in the experience of going through, let's say, you know, we're, talking about death my father's death mm -hmm. and forcing myself to process through what i was feeling and attach it to truth the truth of god's word allowed me to develop a resiliency i think of being able to be in the middle of suffering and sorrow and lament and still be able to not fabricate joy but actually experience it and why do you think because I, I saw you go through that and I, 
I think you went like, you know, Adina ends. No, it's not. It, it's not her. <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, it is. You went frozen style into the unknown. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's the lady's name? Adina Menzel? Yeah. Medina yeah, yeah. Menzel. That's her. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But what I was going to ask was, what do you think justifies, in some people's mind, the trade-off of not going into those spaces? And I want to use, I'm not saying I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to use grief in this instance. Okay. But let's just say having to say something to a friend yeah. or having to confront a coworker with sure, something. Sure. What goes through somebody's mind to justify the, the trade-off of actually just putting up with it rather than being truthful with it? I think some of the things are just whether you're bandwidth for discomfort in general. If I say something, there's going to be some level of uncomfortability here yeah. that we're going to have to navigate through. Best case scenario, we can work through it. Worst case scenario, like what do I do in the office now? I have to like work next to you and see you and we have to be in meetings together. And yeah, that's a mental headache to have to think through. Like how am I supposed to interact with you now? Yeah. And so I think people, you know, I'll speak for myself. There are a lot of times where I would rather just not deal with it than have to step into that risk of discomfort or rejection in some relationships. I think Mm -hmm. maybe not, maybe you do have some work friends or whatnot, but in serious relationships that we have with family or friends, we fear it causing a rift to the point of rejection. Like we no longer have access to each other relationally. Yeah. Do you think that's just like a short term mindset? that you're willing to i feel like i'm answering this question by asking it that maybe some of this trade-off and being willing to not confront the truth or confront somebody with the truth of a situation is because they're willing to just deal with not having to deal with it in the short term and delaying what could probably explode in the long term it's a risk and i think people always avoid risk And so if I know the outcome relationally between you and I is I just have to keep dealing with this thing that I've always dealt with. Yeah. Then I at least know that it's familiar. If I have to put myself out there and risk changing our relationship, I don't know what that does for you or for me at the end. And so it's really hard to step into that place because it could blow up. And I think especially if we do have instances where that did happen. And mm-hmm. so now I have a track record, you know, or examples that I can look back on and say, wow, that really did not go well. Right. It's even harder to do that moving forward. Yeah. Because you can be like, well, remember when I yeah. said such and such to so-and-so and that totally blew up. Right. You know? So I like to move to this phrase Yeah. that we hear a lot of times mentioned whenever somebody is speaking about truth and love mm-hmm. is does the relationship have the clout yeah to bear the weight of the truth yeah being dropped why what do you not like about that babe because i'm not saying i didn't say i liked it or didn't like it i said i'd just like to talk about it oh okay so the way that i've heard it explained or the analogy that i've heard that has been most helpful is mm-hmm. oh, it's so cheesy but i'm gonna say it anyways does 
your relationship bridge gosh i can't even get myself through saying it <laughs> does does the relationship bridge hold the weight of the truth that you're about to carry across the bridge mm-hmm. and for somebody who might have a tendency to not confront others with the truth they'll probably justify it by saying i'm just i'm strengthening the bridge i'm building a stronger bridge the bridge needs to be stronger right. and i need to just continue to build that bridge and at some point you're going to have to haul that truth rock across that bridge and so the the reason i like that is because i think there are instances where you don't have the like you said relational clout for it to make it across the relationship gap because your bridge isn't strong enough and so you know i'm thinking of an example where you just meet somebody and let's just say they're like super arrogant or whatnot or they're super you know they have a characteristic about them that's so obvious mm-hmm. and you're going to make like us guesses as to, I don't know, like their upbringing that, you know, they, they probably are the way they are because of their upbringing. That's an example. Well, you have no relationship with that person to be like, Hey man, stop being so arrogant because you grew up in a broken family or whatever. right like and by the way my name's ashley wow (laughs) why'd you use me in that example hey babe i'm the i'm the bridge builder here okay okay i'm the truth bomber is that what you're trying to say no so (laughs) what i'm just saying is like it's a helpful analogy because in some instances you do need to have the bridge to be strong enough because whether or not it's truthful that aside like, how is it going to help somebody if it's like, who are you to tell me what kind of upbringing I've had as a driver to who I am and how I behave today? Again, sure. extreme example, but it's been helpful for me to, you know, just make that analogy as an assessment as to whether or not, you know, the truth can hold up to the weight of your friendship bridge. I don't know about that. All right. Tell me. I don't know. To me, it's helpful for the people who are naturally confrontational or to the people who are naturally bent towards wanting to be right in a situation. Yeah. For everybody else who is not confrontational, it's not helpful. It's an excuse. Right. So. So so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. And I think that you do always have to consider how it's going to change the relationship, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm just in the camp that truth is truth. How we, we are responsible for how we deliver the truth. Absolutely. And I think are as we, somebody who is more bent towards the confrontational side, you know, you being the New Yorker for, that I am. Are hold you on, let me just finish this up. Okay, go ahead. I have to constantly ask myself, do I want to steer this person right or do I want to prove them wrong? Sure. But like, here's the, here's the rebuttal to that love. 
Does that person just need somebody to walk alongside them for the season that they're in before you communicate that truth yes. down the road? Yes. So I think how and when have there to be. Go. The when. Yes. I was going to ask about the when. <clears throat> yes. I think those things for me personally, yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, when I add the spiritual lens on top of this, like mm. I have to be abiding in Christ yeah. in that moment. I have to be asking is this something that has been revealed to me to reveal to them? Or is this something that I just need to pray for them about? Yeah. You know? So I think for somebody, <laughs> for me, if you're friends with me <laughs> and you've known me to be very easygoing and casual, and then all of a sudden you see me take this different turn, that, that just means that we're friends now. <laughs> it just means that our bridge is strong enough for me to carry these truth bombs across our friendship bridge. Oh my goodness. And so I'm, the I'm reason kidding. why that analogy yeah. breaks is, down in my mind is flawed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's say, you know, okay, you and I are going to an extreme. Okay, no, okay. you know, you and I, I thought you're going to say like somebody's like drowning. No. And you're not going to help them. Because, no, no, no. Okay. I was going to say you and I are in a marriage. Let's say I got some side fling somewhere. Yeah. Well, the relationship just needs to be stronger for me to, you know, when is the relationship strong enough for me to throw that truth bomb at you? You think you're ev- we are ever going to be strong enough for me to throw that truth bomb at you? Okay, fine. So that's where I'm just like, man, that that example in yeah. my mind breaks down eventually. Yeah. Because what if you have to. I, I think, you know, the difference is if, if the truth bomb is the, if the truth yeah. is related to something that you have to change, that's a different story. Right. If it's related to something that I have to confess, that's a different story, too. Right. And then the other thing, too, is it's probably a broken analogy of like the medium versus the message yeah. and like how you communicate something to someone is equally as important as what it is that you're saying. Yes. And so in communicating truth, again, I'm defending the bridge again because (laughs) (laughs) I really like it. But in communicating the truth, how you communicate it to them also helps reinforce that bridge. Absolutely. Right. Because if you're just going to call them out on it and drop this and then leave, that doesn't bring about probably that probably doesn't bring about the change you would want it to bring about. But if it comes from a place of like, a patient, long-suffering type of humble, regretful. Hey, I, I hate to bring this up to you, but this is what's happening, right? Like, there's that, like, uh, man, I, I don't, I don't feel good, yeah, about saying this to you, but here we go, yeah. Is probably some of the ways that it gets put into that analogy of like this bridge, this yeah, relationship bridge. Yeah, and so, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so I agree. There are instances where. No, you have to be honest and truthful with a complete stranger. Like, say a blind person is about to walk across a crosswalk and the light is red. It doesn't matter whether or not you have a relationship bridge. You have to be honest with them and like, hey, the light is red. You know, yeah, stupid well, the, example. The flip but. side of that is, you know, as a parent, I could say something a hundred times to Evie, yeah. right? And then I don't know. Some other person she meets at the playground could say something, the same thing I've been saying a hundred times because somebody else said it, she'll believe it, you know? Right. So, yeah, uh, that's an example There's on the other extremes. side. Yeah. 
But I think at the end of the day, you have to consider that, you know, speaking the truth in love or what was our principle that love without truth is deceiving and truth without love is cruel. cruel. Yeah. And that moving towards extremes is really harmful because it just manifests itself in dishonesty. Yeah. Or on the other side, just like a, like a really, um, what's it called? Hostile. Yeah. Hostile culture or environment or family or relationship where you're just constantly bombarding that person with corrective truths. Yeah. And that at the end of the day, whether or not that family in the movie that we talked about was correct in choosing to go down the path of withholding the truth from their grandmother, you're making trade-offs. There's a quote that I heard that there are no solutions. There's only trade-offs. Right. And I don't even remember what the context was. Maybe this was a whatever. It doesn't even really matter because it applies to this too. Mm -hmm. That by choosing to pursue the truth, solely the truth, you might end up withholding some of the love you're supposed to communicate or convey. Or by solely being loving to this person, you might be withholding their ability to grow by not communicating this truth they should be hearing. Yeah. And so in your relationships, in communication, understanding the trade-offs that you're committing to by choosing one versus the other Mm -hmm. is a dynamic that you need to be aware of in navigating in your relationships with others yeah and so i shall leave it with that no more further questions your honor (laughs) (laughs) i will say in my experience in working with leaders yeah who had to continually correct their people there is an extent to how much a person can in in the matter of frequency how how much they can receive at a time, you know, for sure. And so I think that is really important to consider as well. If you are in a leadership role or, I mean, it's the same thing in a family too. No one wants to be corrected. (laughs) If you talk to people, you should consider this all the time, you know? And I think if you are doing the one correcting, it's important to stop and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm calling this person out over and over and over. You know, I'm calling Mm -hmm. all these people out in these different areas, but am I being hypocritical? in anything that I'm calling out because I think that's important too as a leader. And I think, or in, you know, in other relationships that you have with family members, friends, I think it's super important. No one wants to be bombarded with correction all the time. You know, people need time to grow and mature and go through things and develop resiliency. And there needs to be a measure of grace in that as well in that process of truth and love. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with Tatares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honorsunderscore.com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.